take you back and, and teach you in your lesson. All right. And everybody else gets to stay and listens to Not Vengeance is Mine. That's incorrect. <laughs> that was Matthew last week. Maybe Matthew did such a great job, and he did. Did. I love, I love to give Matthew an opportunity. He did. He did a great job. And so I don't know why we're... we're but anyway, so, so that's just... Uh, mine is completely different. Mine is called Give It Away. All right, so, so it, with your, with your, if you got that outline in front of you that says give it away, that's, that's mine today. And so just speaking of Matthew, uh, this morning he is gone. Uh, we remember Jackson who passed away uh, here, just, it's, it's been over a week now, but uh, this morning at 11 o'clock there's a service, a memorial service at Acorn. Uh, again, the family we've been ministering to, those of us who have been ministering to, uh, is, is unchurched family. And so they chose Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. We've been ministering to them and praying for them and, and hopefully reaching out still. You know, our, our hope is that all this is producing an opportunity to reach this family or even those in the community. They're thinking about 250 to 300 people at this service. And Matthew has the opportunity to preach. Or, or he has the opportunity to conduct the service, also uh, uh, share a scripture and talk about where we get some peace and comfort in this. So, uh, as we begin this morning, my mind is there. Hopefully your mind and heart is there with Matthew as well. Let's pray for Matt, as well as we'll pray for the scripture we're about to delve into. So let's bow our heads and do that. Father in heaven, we praise you for life as you've given it to us. We praise you for Sunday. When your church could gather together, Lord, it's, it's purpose in our hearts to be here, to join together, not just one or two uh, as we do throughout the week, but, but Lord, a, a group of us who come together for this purpose of lifting our praises before you, acknowledging that you are God. And, and Father, through your word, through our greeting, through our encouragement to one another, we, we hope, Lord, that you are just uh, definitely praised and, and, and shown as worthy. Father, we, we pray for Matthew right now as he's uh, just, just preparing and, and people are probably receiving people right now for this service. We praise you for the opportunity this produces uh, in reaching out to, to many of those uh, who, are, who are of the same age of this young man, Jackson. Uh, we pray, Father, that through the questions and through the conversations that, that uh, many who are working with youth are having right now, Lord, doors of opportunity to talk to them about what Jesus has done for them is, is being produced. Lord, Matthew and his opportunity of ministering to this family and many throughout Milford uh, have, has that same opportunity. So Lord, we pray that your spirit, that through your word, that uh, God, that message will be delivered. And Father, the continued conversations will be productive for your kingdom. We ask, Father, that uh, you bless this family. You bless this community. Uh, give peace in the midst of turmoil and comfort, Lord. May they be able to find that true peace in Jesus. Uh, Father, we also pray for ourselves as we're going through this scripture this morning. We pray for its encouragement, for its strength, even its challenge, Lord. We are yours, and we pray, Lord, to hear what Jesus has to say. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here it is, uh, Labor Day. I, I had to do a little bit of looking. I, I think I've always known this, but we're celebrating labor 
on Labor Day. It's that idea of being able to work and, and even the, the benefits that, that labor has brought. I, I read this in an article, but basically it in the past has brought to our nation strength, prosperity, and well-being. So what we're doing, we, there's this day designated, I think Calvin, uh, no, Grover Cleveland. Grover Cleveland is the one who signed it as, as a law that we're going to take Labor Day and, and we're going to celebrate on that day. So are you, I want you to celebrate labor by not working. It just sounds kind of backwards, but that's okay, right? You're, I hope that you're, you're going to enjoy your Labor Day. Now, uh, what might seem a little odd is today the parable that Jesus teaches is a parable about an employee who gets fired. That's different terminology than what we're going to see. In the, but basically, that's idea. The employee gets fired. The parable is the parable of the shrewd manager. Uh, the shrewd, yeah, the shrewd manager. Uh, we're, we're looking at Luke 16. And we'll read verses 1 through 9. That'll be our focus this morning, this parable that Jesus teaches. All right, let's, let's look at that together. Jesus told his disciples... There was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you cannot manage, you you cannot be manager any longer. That's, uh, in today's terms, he's being canned, okay? Verse 3. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to be uh, to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do. I, excuse me, I have to get this a little closer. I, I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 450. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Matthew is... We've entitled this series Unexpected, and there are some unexpected turns in this, uh, in this parable. Number, number one, to, to find the one who, who fires you, then turns around and for some reason finds a reason to, to be commending you is, is a little odd. But also even, let me tell you, when it comes to a parable, uh, uh, the way to think about how Jesus tells parables Jesus uses worldly images or worldly stories to help us understand heavenly meanings. Worldly stories to, he- to help us understand heavenly meanings or, or 
uh, lessons that we need to learn today on behalf of what God is calling us to. Now, in this message, if Jesus were a financial guy and, and putting out a, uh, a message for everyone to hear, hear, he might entitle it this way. He, he might just lay this out so people will be drawn to it. It'd be this, how to financially secure my future. He's teaching it in this parable. How to financially secure my future. I tell you, a lot of people would be drawn to that and have been drawn to something like that. How to be financially secure, how to financially secure my future. And, and, and then I, I know how people would be, uh, you know, uh, actually soured to attending such a, a convention or, or su such a, a lesson, right? It's, it's to give this short, simple answer of how Jesus answers. And the simple answer is this, give it away. <laughs> give away your wealth. Who would attend, right? Here, here's how to financially prepare for your future. Give it away. No one would come. <laughs> that's, a, that's a simple and easy answer. But it is how Jesus has, we could come to the conclusion through this parable. Jesus helps us with this understanding about what does it mean to give it away. Let, let me start here. First of all, we will be judged by how we spend our wealth. We will be judged by how we spend our wealth. Now, if we just took this one parable, that would be the conclusion and say, well, what about salvation and things like that? Well, okay, salvation is according to how you deal with your finances. Give it away. And then at the great conclusion, do I enter into eternity or into eternal punishment? Uh, and that's just with Jesus' message alone in this parable. But if, if we look at this, we're, we would come to the conclusion that our de eternal destination is decided uh, through how we use our resources, our wealth. Let me, let me dig a little deeper in this because we know that's not our salvation. We know our salvation comes in. I keep on thinking about the communion table is over there, but, but the great conclusion's yet to come. You know, that's, that's included in our service. But in this parable alone, keep this in mind. I, I want us to dig a little deeper when it comes to the resources that we're given. It's important for us to know where our resources, our wealth, or, or even our paychecks come from. And, and, and first of all, let me start, start simply this. If, if I were to ask you where they come from, many of us would say, I've earned it. I've earned it, right? It's through my blood, sweat, and tears. It's, it's uh, that, the fact that I am accomplishing my job description. I'm hired for this, and therefore all week I am conducting myself within that job description, accomplishing those purposes, and then by the end of the week, week they give me a paycheck. That's where I get my resources. But the truth is, a right perspective is that our resources are generously given to us by God. And that it, it, uh, let's, let's just want to clarify that. First of all, that, oh, yeah, you have a job and things like that, but who gave you the abilities? Who gives you the strength? And, and, and my good friend up here, I know Alvin always, you know, is always giving God, I praise God for my job. That, that, Alvin, that's been one of the things you've told me ever since you've gotten your job. I praise God for my job and, and, and to be able to identify that. You know, thankful for where I am right now because God is providing for uh, our care for one thing, but also for, for, for what I have and what I'm, I am now a steward of. Remember that word, steward. Um, 
God really should receive full thanks for Labor Day, actually, when we come to it. It shouldn't be just this day, day off of things. Hey, God, thank you for the labor. Thank you for the work. Thank you for the position. Thank you for supplying for the needs of my family. That ought to be part of our Labor Day celebration. Now the, res- now, the resources that we are given, the resources that we have been given, really is a test or a measurement of our true self. It, through, through what we've been given and what we're stewards of, what are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? I think whatever we're doing with what we've been given identifies who we are. You know, you could, you could kind of tell a person who is by their, their bills or by what's written in the checkbook. Does anybody use checkbooks anymore? Yeah, okay, they're still used. So I, I, I go back to that and think, well, now wait, are they, or, or, or whatever the bills come in, you know, that you have to pay or, or the statements that come in. It really kind of identifies who we are. Where are we laying all our, uh, you know, or making our payouts? Where's our resources going to? And, and this, is where, this is where judgment comes in. Uh, this idea of judgment comes in for this manager. Here's what we learned from Jesus within this parable. Don't keep wealth to yourself. Don't keep wealth to yourself. Again, the world promotes a self-centered perspective. I mean, that idea of money and finances. Uh, money is happiness. And so many people would say, oh, that's true. Money is happiness because the more we have, the happier we're going to be. Right? Uh-oh. Let me, let me say it again just in case. I, what, how would you respond? Money is happiness, and the more money you have, the happier you are. Okay, so, so most of you would disagree with that statement. So I don't need to go into details of what Scripture says, like money is the root of all evil, you know, and, and, and things. So money does not bring happiness. But the world around us definitely believes that. It is important how you as a believer see and, and, and how you as a believer are a steward over what you are given. In Luke chapter 12, 13 through 21, I even turned there. There's just a couple things in there that Jesus tells this earlier parable about the rich fool. He has a, a bumper crop. I mean, he just has an abundance of, of a harvest. And, and so right then he has this opportunity, or, or as a steward of everything he's been given, he has to decide, what am I going to do with this, this great mass of harvest, this great harvest? And he makes a decision, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear down my, my barns, and I'm going to build bigger ones. And then he, he stores all the grain, and, and man, then he sits back and is thrilled. He says, man... This is going to provide for me the rest of the days of my life. I'm going to sit back, eat, drink, and be merry. What's, what's the problem with that? The end of the parable says, uh, God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. Uh, then it says, This is how it will be when, uh, with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Basically, the conclusion of the parable is just going to be taken away. What a waste, right? It's just taken away. It really isn't that perspective. I store it up from as I could use it for myself and very self-centered perspective. Now let's turn to this parable of the shrewd manager. Uh, the, this, this manager who is fired, uh, I, I just 
just an idea about his position. For those hearing this parable, they're going to understand that more than likely, he began as a servant or as a slave to this wealthy landowner. He began as a slave or a servant. And, and the way that, that goes is he has debt and or he is, is moved into that position in order for him to be cared for. Taking, it's not like you get a job and, okay, you buy your house and you, you're amassing all this stuff. He is actually being cared for by this uh, uh, wealthy landowner or, or the one who, who is the rich man who has, owns the, all the field and everything, who is being managed. So this, this uh, manager of all this, these, these things has been cared for. Matter of fact, a slave in that position, when his debt is taken care of, could, could then declare his freedom and go do his own. And yet, it's believed that this, this man has made that decision. He said, no, I want to stay within your household and, and uh, uh, continue for you to care for me. And, and he, he moves to that position that really of manager that, that is envious by everybody else. He has a great position. Uh, matter of fact, in that, he's probably amassing some or benefiting from the, the wealth of, the, of his master. He's receiving some, some of the goods of the land and everything else. And then when it comes to his mismanagement, it's hard to figure out exactly every detail what he would have done, but he's mismanaging. Maybe he just got sloppy, been doing this for years. That's a possibility. And he mismanages. Matter of fact, he even calls him deceitful or, or, or that, that he was dishonest. He is a dishonest man. So maybe he was doing some crooked things. And once he is fired, he does something that the manager commends him for. Man, this is, he's using worldly wealth to care for his future. Keep that in mind. Overall, if, if there's anything we learn from this, what he's doing today is going to take care of his future. And that's a point that Jesus is making. So the shrewd manager, he turns to uh, uh, one of his debtors who, owns who owes 900 gallons of olive oil. And he says, you know, cut it down by half. Right, right down the you owe 450. And, and to, to the one, to another one, he said, well, what do you owe? He says, a thousand bushels of, of wheat. He said, well, take it down to 800. So he, he removes 200 uh, bushels of wheat. And so, so what is he doing? Matter of fact, bottom line, what he is doing is he's gaining friends. He's gaining friends. He is, he is reducing the debt. And, and let me see. It's actually a pretty substantial debt. Imagine someone coming to you in the midst of you paying off your house and saying, you know, take off half of what you owe. And that's, what you, that's what, what's remaining. That's what you owe. And how would you feel? Pretty good. Especially if you just, if you just purchased a home, you'd feel pretty good about that. And, and actually, when, when you look at, at what he cut, he cut a major part of their debt. And, and so he gained some friends. The whole idea was this. He even said it himself. Oh, man, I don't want to dig ditches. Or I can't dig ditches. Might have been his age or something. And I am, I'm too proud to, to beg. Therefore, what he's going to do is what he's amassed for himself. He's not crooked against his, 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 uh, uh, his master. But what he does is... And some figure it might be like a commission that he had earned or maybe something that he's stuck away for himself. And he himself has come in and paid some of the debt of, of these two. He's taken his, what is his, and, and has 
created for himself friends. And so again, the lesson that we're learning through the parable is this, prepare today for the future. And that's exactly what the shrewd manager is doing. What's the lesson for you and I? We need to prepare for the future by taking care of others today. By, by giving, contributing to others today. Now, I, I said earlier that, uh, uh, that Jesus is teaching that, you know, it's, it's about giving. Actually, there's a lot of religions out there that has that same message. You know, it's, it's, it's not about amassing for ourselves. Uh, Buddhism, uh, Islam, uh, Judaism, you know, and, and, and others, that's one of the main lessons they learned. You know, don't gain for yourselves, but take what you have and give to others. That's a lesson we hear in all other places, but here it is in the scripture, and Jesus said it, and man, the substance of how, how we could do that is amazing to me. We need to prepare for the future by taking care of others today. Uh, we as believers, let's, let's just go here. We're looking at the future. How, how do we live, not even thinking about finances, how is it that we live today uh, and, and how can we make it through today? I mean, there's a lot of hurts and pains that happen in this world. And, and then get me talking about the direction we see our government going. Uh, just, just to say, man, there's such a divide and, and such ugliness and, and things going on. How is it, how, where do you find your encouragement? Where do you find your encouragement? If, if you question whether, man, my, how is my job even going to stay? How is my uh, support for my family going to continue on if, if certain things that we see or the direction that they're going continues? Taxes raise. Man, uh, the, the uh, continued financial crisis, you know, that, that's going on, if that continues on, where are we going? Where's your hope? Well, it's, it's not in today. It's not in my wealth. It's not in my bank account which IRAs and things are just being reduced. So where's my hope? Where's my happiness? Where's my joy? It's in what Jesus has provided for us, right? It's, that's what, it's what's coming, what he, uh, he's already provided. He continues to provide, but this is nothing compared to what he has provided for us in the future, right? Uh, so in that, you know, in that perspective, I see this, Jesus using this worldly story to teach me heavenly things, God is going to provide for us, and that's where our heart and trust is. Matter of fact, uh, in, in verse 13, there's a part of verse 13 that comes shortly after that, that we need to hold and embrace. You see, our confidence, our joy comes because we belong to him. He's the one that I'm focusing my attention and my life upon. 13 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Where are you investing? Where are you investing? When you look at the hope in my future, is that your investment? Is what Jesus has done for me, is that where I'm investing my every day? Or is it in, in the things of this world? Yeah, you could pursue riches. You could store it away. And you could, you could feel like the guy in the, the, rich, the rich fool and, and just feel like, man, I, today I've got it. The rest of my life is set and set back and you die. And <laughs> what, what's the great conclusion? It's just all taken away. You know, Jesus said, you know, hey, store up for yourselves treasures that are in 
heaven. That's in his Sermon on the Mount. Store up for yourselves the things that are lasting, eternal, that won't rust, that won't be stolen. Store up for yourselves the, the things that are important. So, so how do you do that? Well, we go back to give it away. You, you contribute. You, you give it to others. Actually, it's the final point I want to share with you this morning is, is, is that in this life, those who have been saved through Jesus Christ and, have, and know the generosity and the wonderful love of God, we need to learn to live generously. We, we ought to live, learn to live generously. If we don't see our God as being a generous God, then maybe this is hard for us. But the generosity and the amazing love of God that sent Jesus into this world, do we not see that as generous? Matter of fact, I believe, I would even tell you that he has given us today is not only reveals his mercy, he's generous. He's generous. And, and, and in even, even the things of that, the fact that we're cared for and not worried about tomorrow eating and things like that, we, we are taken care of is because we have a, a, a very generous God who, who continues to love us and, and we could see that in our everyday, especially, especially in Sydney Jesus. Right? One other story I, I, I'd like, and it's a couple chapters later. I have to, have to speak about the, the difference you know, I bring up that everyone teaches this, this perspective that, oh, yeah, it, it really, our, our lives are more blessed when we, when we give, when we're generous than when we keep to ourselves. A lot of religions do that. Not every, you know, there's only one religion that has this place that our God is that generous, that he's given in Jesus as our Savior. I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the story of Zacchaeus because I love his transformation in that story. Zacchaeus is, is, well, talks about his stature. He's a short guy, okay? And, and that he is wealthy. I mean, he's a tax collector. And the way, they, they were despised. They were despised by everybody else. Man, he would be one of those people that would come into the worship service and you all be looking and you'd spot him and say, what is he doing here? That's, that's kind, of, kind of the perspective that the community had of Zacchaeus. Why is he here? That scoundrel, you know? And, and in the community, that, that's what's happening. Here, here he is. Jesus is entering into the community. Zacchaeus climbs up into the tree because of his short stature so he could see Jesus. And Jesus points out one person in the crowd, Zacchaeus. I'm going to go to your house today. And, and Zacchaeus is overwhelmed by that. He, he, so Jesus goes into his house. In the meantime, the crowd is going, what is Jesus doing? What is he doing being with such a... Does he know that, that, that Zacchaeus, he's a tax collector, he's a scum of the earth, he's a sinner? In the meantime, within his home, Zacchaeus is thrilled. Let me, let me read for you what uh, his response is. This, this in, in, in verse 8, is, is, a, uh, is transformation. Listen, he says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And I have cheated, if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. What is that? that, that that's repentance. That, and, and men, and out of Zacchaeus' heart is, is a generosity that Zacchaeus has never known. 
I'm going to give half of everything I own to the poor. And, and uh, uh, any, if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to pay back four times. It, that's an act of repentance as well. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. And the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. For those of us who receive Jesus, transformation has taken place. This parable might speak a lot more to us. It ought to speak a lot more to us. Hey, listen, God doesn't want us to be stingy and, and holding on to everything. We ought to, the, we ought to have the attitude of, listen, I want to prepare for my future financially. How do I do that? Take care of everybody else. Give it away. That's, that's a pretty strong statement. Where, where do we give it away? Oh, man, the opportunities are all over the place. Linda came home as maybe two or three weeks ago, and, and she told me, she said, this certain couple who had a large family was, was ahead or, or right behind her in line, and without her knowing, she paid for her grocery bill. And I'm going, okay, what are you doing with our money, woman? I don't know who you think you are. Yeah, it was a pretty nice bill. <laughs> I think seven in the family. But... But to, to be honest, she was absolutely right. You know, she, in talking to me, I didn't say that, by the way, uh, just to let you know. But Linda and I have been blessed. I, I can't tell you by how many folks who, who we wouldn't even have to share that. Hey, man, right now things are tight or something like that. And then someone would come along, a brother and sister in Christ, and reveal the, the graciousness and generosity of God in, in contributing and helping us through some difficulty numerous times and I'm, I, I, so what do we do now well, man God has given us opportunity to pay a bill or to support like uh, the, the, the shelter here in town or the food pantry or different things or, or the person on the street asking for help or asking for gas or for a meal or something like that and when God gives us the resources, guess what? We're stewards of that. And, and the investing, the investing that we could do, man, I'm not talking about church offering, am I? <laughs> I bet you thought, oh, he's going to talk about offering it. I'm really talking about giving beyond, you know, giving out of our resources to help someone else. Have you been there before? Have you been in need and someone's come along and helped you? I, I've seen it in this congregation where we had a family who's come in some need and, and we've responded really well, graciously, wonderfully, representing God. And we, we need to take that outside the walls and even some, well, but they're not Christians. What are you, what are you doing? They're not Christians. They, they don't believe in Christ. Well, show them your generosity. Reveal to them that God's graciousness People who are hurting in this world, maybe it's time that they might begin to hear about Jesus when we take care of their physical needs. It's, it's a way that, uh, that I believe Jesus is calling us. Let's take financially, financially take care of our future by giving it to those who are in need today. God supplied us to take care of our needs, but even in that abundance, may we look to help others we will be judged by how we spend our wealth and and with that i would say the big difference amongst other religions we are truly judged by what we do with jesus 
That's where our judgment is. And if we're in Jesus, guess what? Heart that is transformed. Once man greedy and grabbing, all of a sudden we're learning to be what? Just like he is. Generous and and helpful and, and taking care of the needs around us. Don't keep wealth to yourself. Learn to live generously. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the generosity that you've given to us. It's been out of your love that uh, you have given to us a means of salvation, uh, something that we could not earn on our own. No way can we make up for our sinfulness. But Jesus has taken that punishment upon himself. And, and Lord, through him we have come to this place of, of belonging to you. We are your children, and we give you praise. Help us, Father, as we continue to grow and transform and become your people, Lord, uh, that we're looking at that. We're moving forward in that. Lord, if we're found to be um, greedy, if we're found to be holding on to, to our things and not releasing, uh, Lord, and, being ha- and, and having that generous heart, Lord, correct us. Correct us. Help us, Lord, to be the people you, you meant us to be. That is to be the neighbors, uh, the people who, who are going to supply the need of those around us who are hurting and, and are needing that help. God, you're good to us, and we praise you always for your word and your spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.